Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us right now is broadcaster Brian Anderson. He's a play-by-play announcer for Turner Sports, calling games for the NCAA tournament, NBA, MLB, and golf. He is also the TV play-by-play announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers. In college at St. Mary's University, he played catcher on a nationally ranked baseball team. He is also a husband and a father. I'm pleased to be joined by Brian Anderson today on Unpacking It. Brian, thanks so much for coming back on the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Bryce. Always good to be with you, man. Congratulations on all your success. Man, well, I appreciate it. God continues to uh, open up doors for the show, and so we're, we're excited and thankful uh, for sure. Well, let, let's start in the NBA because as, as an NBA announcer, I'm just curious what your thoughts have been regarding all the movement in the league this summer. Yeah, it's been stunning, right? I mean, uh, we, it's directly affected me because we, um, we went down and taped a golf event with eight NBA players matching up against eight NFL players. And so we went down there, and Chris Paul is one of the captains, so the whole show <laughs> is full of uh, me saying Houston Rockets point guard Chris Paul. Oh. And two days after the event, when we, when we finished recording everything, he gets traded. Oh. So we had to go in and recut a lot of the audio. <laughs> oh, we had to do man. some surgery oh, on the, uh, the post-production, a little, a little post-op, uh, cutting out all the areas where I said Houston Rockets and, uh, you know, just called him by uh, either point card or future Hall of Famer. So, <laughs> yeah, I think there was, uh, it, it's, it's been interesting. I mean, I'm fascinated by Kawhi going to the Clippers, I think, most people felt like he was going to end up in L.A. Mm. I think most people mm. felt like he might end up with the Lakers. Uh, but the fact that the Clippers are this team on the rise right now and, and the Lakers have some issues, <laughs> um, I think uh, that made sense to me once it all went down. Uh, I, I felt like Kawhi might stay in Toronto just because of how things went there, and he's beloved there, obviously, won a championship. But I understand you 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 know you get to free agency and – you want to be able to go where you want. These players, for so long in their careers, have no choice, and very few get to the point where they can play, live, work where they want, and uh, Kawhi did that. So good for him, and I don't begrudge any player going uh, going back home or going anywhere he chooses to go. So it's been a lot of news and been fun to follow. Absolutely. No, I, I've loved it. It's been fun as a fan. And, and then, so for you, this kind of upcoming season – What's kind of your perspective? Because to me, it seems like now there will be a lot more teams playing on national TV, and so you'll be calling probably even more, I don't know, variety of teams instead of, you know, oh, it's Warriors every week. It's not necessarily going to be that, that way. Is that kind of how you view it, and, and do you enjoy that aspect of it where really there's probably 10 teams that are championship contenders? Yeah, I think the league does a pretty good job at, at dispersing those national games. I mean, they're, you know, Turner, Turner Sports, so TNT, is who I work for on the NBA side. And they, I mean, they have say, 
but it's really what what the NBA, the teams they want to showcase and when they want to showcase those games. And, you know, they they groom the schedule to fit into those, in Turner's case, TNT's case, the Thursday night window or later in the second half, the Tuesday-Thursday night window. So, you know, I, I actually I put that on the league a little bit, and I do think they have a lot more options. Obviously, the league wants more parity. Um, there is a great debate whether a, a dynasty team is better for the league than a lot of parity. So, I mean, you could make the argument both ways, I think. But I think this year, certainly, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be intriguing to watch. You know, I'm always pulling for more Milwaukee Bucks games because I live in Milwaukee. So <laughs> if I can get the Bucks and the Bulls, you know, playing at the top shelf level, then uh, I don't necessarily have to get on an airplane that much, which is, you know, that's always – it's all about my selfish interest right. price at some point. So <laughs> if sense. I can just drive down to Pfizer Forum and do a bunch of Bucks games, I'm I'm all for that. But, no, I think we're all – you know, Kevin Harlan lives in Kansas City. Mm. I live in Milwaukee. We're kind of in the middle of the country. Marv lives in New York, and, you know, he's, he obviously uh, is going to do the marquee games whenever they come up. So – we have a good group that can get anywhere, anytime, and we're always happy to do that. Man, th- those three are studs for sure. Brian Anderson, our guest right now on Unpacking It, broadcaster for Turner Sports, as, as well as the, the voice of the, the Milwaukee Brewers on TV. And, and so you, you mentioned wanting up more Bucks games, and I know you're kind of joking about that, but I was going to ask you, how has your uh, uh, kind of sports fandom changed since becoming a broadcaster? Now, of course, you still get excited about calling games and, and you love sports, but but how has it changed? And and like, what teams did you grow up listen, or rooting for and, and and cheering for? And how has that changed over the years? Well, it totally changes once you get in the business. And you know, the old saying, "You see how the sausage is made." It kind of changed uh, your your taste for hot dogs, right? <laughs> so. That's the case with broadcasting and doing this as a profession. Um, you know, I grew up a huge sports fan, and I, I was a big follower of the Houston Oilers and the Astros and the Rangers. I kind of rooted for all Texas teams. Uh, I was a big Texas Longhorns fan growing up in Austin, Texas. So I, I had my teams. I actually really, uh, really liked the Yankees. Um, the Yankees were on, felt like they were on every Saturday, the game of the week, you know, back in those days with, with Vin Scully and Joe Gargiola and um, so I and I love Don Mattingly, so I, I became kind of a, a Texan Yankee fan, which is odd back then. <laughs> yeah. But that was the team I was exposed to the most. So, but once I started working in the game, you know, you realize it's a it's a different level. You're you're here to do a job, and you stop being such a fan like that. Like I would not just go to a game and take my family and park and tailgate, and I just. I mean, I wouldn't do that. Not. I think that's awesome, and I think people should do that. But yeah. I go to so many games. A fun afternoon for me or evening for me is to sit on my couch and watch <laughs> a World Series game or a big college football game or an NFL game. You know what I mean? So yep. I'm away and in stadiums so much, in arenas so much, I'd rather just, just be at home when I can just because of what I do for a living. So that really changes things. So I, I, I love following the Green Bay Packers. You know, I'm I'm a fan of theirs. I actually – over the last uh, three years, I started latching on to the Premier Soccer League, so oh. the Premier League, um, and and I have a friend of mine who has a connection uh, with the Liverpool team, and as you know, they just won the UFC, and it's uh, it's a pretty cool thing to be associated with. I took a trip there uh, oh, three man. years ago and just fell in love with the sport, and what, what I tell people is I can actually be a raw fan of 
Premier League because I know nothing about the sport. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to broadcast it for sure. Yeah. I don't know the ins and outs of what makes one team better than the other, you know, aside from athleticism. So I can just kind of go in blind and cheer for that team and not really be so invested in, you know, all the ins and outs as a broadcaster would, you know, all the prep that we do and the work that we do. So that's actually been kind of fun. I, I've, it kind of reminded me when I was a fan, when I was a kid, of the Oilers and Earl Campbell and Dan Pastorini and that group and, you know, the Astros when the Killer Bees were there mm. uh, going to games in the Astrodome. You know, I was a kid. It, it reminded me of that, and I felt like that again. So actually I've kind of stopped being a fan of most of the sports except for the Premier League right now, which is, which is interesting because I despise soccer for so many years. Oh, I, man. I, I was one of those guys that made fun of soccer, you know, like, I can't watch this. It's yeah. not interesting. But then I saw a game in person, and then I realized the art of it, the beauty of it, and it's not just about goal scoring, you know, it's about runs. And now you can kind of appreciate, oh, wow, okay, I get why people are into this at this level. That's cool. That, that's awesome perspective from Brian Anderson with us right now on Unpacking It. And, and, and you mentioned uh, you know, fans being on the couch watching sports. And, and so that, that's where I'm at during March Madness. That's where I'm at during the NBA playoffs and, and listening to you and, and, and watching your games. And we're, we're halfway through 2019, but you've already called some, some memorable games and, and big moments. So, so, so far for you, what has been most memorable, and I know a couple games come to mind, Virginia-Purdue and Blazers and Thunder, but, but where, where do you come out on that? Yeah, those are the two, I mean, for sure. Those are right at the top of the list, just to watch it. I mean, all of Purdue's games that I had in working for Big Ten Network, you know, Purdue just had one of those seasons where just, I don't know, some, some teams, some years, it just feels like you, you have so many highlights with that team and so many moments to call, and Purdue – uh, was they had a great run, and I was lucky enough to be there for that uh, on a national level for the NCAA tournament. So that's certainly up there. Um, you know, I think, you know, watching the Nuggets, kind of seeing them develop throughout the year and having them a couple of times, and then to see them make a run in the playoffs and beat the Spurs, and I call game seven of that series, and the, the dramatic Blazers-Oklahoma City game with Damian Lillard hitting that 37-footer, which... I was fortunate enough to call. Yeah, and, oh yeah. You know, you just you feel lucky when you're in those moments because you you know you know you're going to call games, but most games don't have memorable finishes like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel lucky and you feel a little anxious and nervous when you're doing those. You don't want to ruin those moments either, and um, that's just the cool part of this job to kind of step back and say, wow, you know. And for me, it's always like the humble approach. You know, I, I just I thank the Lord, like thank you for putting me here, and now please. Don't let me mess this up. <laughs> but, you know, I've had some mistakes uh, throughout the years, and you never want to make mistakes. We, we all make mistakes, but, you know, they, it happens. And so uh, that's the other part of it, too. It's like, all right, i got to learn from that and be better, do that better, call that sequence better. And, you know, that's the way we get better. We don't try not to let it beat us down, but we also don't let those great moments let us get too cocky and get uh, get to a position where we think we are above all of it because – just being in the moment, appreciating the opportunity to be in that moment, that's where I'm constantly wrestling to be mentally when I'm calling these games. So when it's over and you look back, it's it's not like you're saying, well, that that's my favorite game I've ever called. It never feels like that, hmm. ever. Uh, it, just, cause it feels like, you know, during the Roy Halladay no-hitter, 
in Ooh. 2010. You knew it was just like it was something special. And everybody said, well, yeah, that must have been a blast. It was not a blast. It was hard, and there was a lot of anxiety, and you're trying not to mess it up. And you're, you know this is like a historical moment that could happen. And then it does happen, and then you do a good job with it, and then it's great. Then you can relax. But thinking about it, I still have memories and feelings and uh, anxiety about I can put myself right in that, the smells, the sights, the position in the booth, and it's uncomfortable, you know, because, which is not bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's a good place to be, is a little bit on edge, you know. I've talked to, like, Navy SEALs, you know. Hmm. I'm not comparing my job to a Navy SEAL, (laughs) but having, uh, being stretched like that does bring you to a level of concentration. Now, when your life's on the line, that's different, but I, I understand that mentality, um, because when you are stretched and you're trying to do a good job and you're in the middle of it, you, you do feel stretched and it's not a comfortable place and you're trying to make it comfortable. And uh, then when you finish, if your training has worked and you've kept your mind clear, then you feel good about that. If you don't, then you got to learn from that and get better. Uh, no, that's it, really neat to hear about. And, and I even just think about you know how you're feeling and what you're thinking about kind of the moments before the, the final call because – they always take the, the camera and they go right to you and your analyst and, all right, what's, you know, what's going to happen on this, this final play? And you can hear the crowd and the energy, and uh, that's a, that's a big-time moment. So that, that's cool to, to hear a little insight from Brian Anderson with us right now on Unpacking It. And, and, and Brian, you talk about you know, some of these big calls that you've had, and, and, and your notoriety continues to, to grow in the, the broadcasting business, and, and it's, it's been fun to, to kind of watch your career really take off. But, but you mentioned the, the word humble and, and, and humility. Uh, what is your perspective on success and, and fame and, and, and kind of the, the way that you've, you've seen your career grow? How, how do you handle that? How, how do you handle some of the changes that have taken place over the years? Well, it's not um, – I think the easy – cliche and what you hear a lot is you just gotta you gotta remain grounded and 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 that's true but i think you have to work at it also and i'm not perfect you know i fall victim uh to that a lot you know i think social media feeds into that a lot good and bad we all love to hear the praise and read the praise if we do a great job and you know the the negative stuff that comes out it wounds us you know we're it's hard to stay above it. And if anybody ever tells you that, oh, I don't listen to that, I don't care what people think, you know, first of all, that's that's a lie. Hmm. Everybody cares what people think. And we're made, we're made to care. Like, we, we care, we want. That doesn't mean we have to follow that rabbit hole and then make it engulf us. But we are made to care because we we should care. And we want to care about what our impact is on people, what what role we're having. So... For me, there's like all these layers of it. There's the public side, which me calling a game, you being an audience, absorbing it. Then Mm -hmm. there's also the big picture side, like me and my career and my family and supporting my family and, you know, earning a living to pay my mortgage and pay for my daughter's education and all of that. So that's a different thing, which adds different pressure. And then, so then, then there's the piece where you're you're in it with your coworkers and the place where you are and where you've been placed I, I like to say at least you know in my opinion my faith angle is like I've been placed in this position and you have to serve the people you work with well the your analysts your 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 audio guy your producer your director the the camera operators everybody and now what kind of person are you are you 
working hard, taking the time to know their stories, know, appreciate their craft, their art, know their background. Um, you can't do that with everybody, but, you know, there are moments when you can sit and add 10 more layers of prep, or you can talk to a guy that has been with you for an entire playoff run who may be on the other side of the camera and find out what his life's been about and what his challenges are and what his successes are. And so for me, there's that balance. Um, and as long as I'm staying in that now moment, yeah. I shouldn't have time to think about my place in this industry, any kind of notoriety, what they're going to say about me when I'm gone. It's hard not to think that way. I'm not saying I'm perfect. It's hard not to think that way, but it, the second that thought comes in, uh, doesn't mean we have to give that thought life. Mm. And that goes for a lot of things, but especially when it's, you know, when it's something that is concerning you or maybe the selfish instincts that we all have. I mean, we all go there. We all want the publicity and the positive publicity and people to like us. But if you stay kind of focused in the now on serving everybody else, then you really don't have time to do that. And honestly, you shouldn't have time to think big picture that way because there's always somebody, something to serve in a better way. And that's kind of the way I've gone about it. And that really changed for me when I, when I found Christ, when I was in the late nineties, when I was a you know young guy and my thinking was the opposite, you know, mm. it's all about me and I've mm. got to, I've got to be the one that makes all this happen. Um, and you know, the performance I'm giving or the, the job I'm doing is totally on me at all times. And everybody else can just take a side seat or a back seat until I'm finished. And that changed on a dime. And then not until that changed for me mentally and my approach did anything happen in my career. So I know I'm at my best, even though it's a risky place to go to say to yourself, I could spend the next 10 minutes studying more, or I could walk across the court and shake hands with somebody that works with us that I don't know yet and let them know how much I appreciate what they're doing and find out a little bit why they're here and what's what got them to this level. Mm. So that's important to me, and I, I want to know people, and I want to know why people are where we are. We're all working together as a crew usually or anybody who's there. So that's really important to me, and that's kind of what I try to explain to young broadcasters. And it's really hard, though, because I certainly wasn't going to hear that when I was young and starting out. I wanted It's all about the selfish approach and what how I'm going to make this happen. Mm. Um, but that's really the wisdom from the Lord, really, that I've been able to put in play. And things have happened in my career that I don't have an explanation for. I don't mm. feel like I deserve any of this, you know. So I just keep doing what I do and trying to serve as many people as I can. And wherever that lands, I need to be okay with it. Sometimes I try to force it my way, still do, even at 48 years old. Uh, for the most part, I'm trying to serve people every day. Amen. Oh, I, I love that. And, and really, that wisdom and that truth translates to, to all of our lives, re- regardless of, of what our profession is. Just being open to, to serve others and to be aware of, of what others are doing and what they're, how they're feeling and, and what they may need in that moment. Uh, so really love that perspective. Brian Anderson, our guest right now on Unpacking It, broadcaster for Turner Sports. You see him on uh, NBA coverage, NCAA tournament, Major League Baseball, and, and love having him with us here on Unpacking It. And, and so uh, along those same lines uh, that, that you were kind of talking about and taking a, maybe a little step further in regards to your willingness to be outspoken about your faith, what is your approach to, to that, and, and what are even some of the challenges 
of that, that, that as you interact with people and as you represent yourself to people and, and you know, you're, you're well known as a broadcaster and all that sort of thing. Uh, but but what is your strategy, I guess, in, in being obedient to the Lord, but also understanding you know, your role as a broadcaster and, and in, interacting with a lot of people? Well, I don't think you can take, um, you know, uh, a a wide angle on that and say, this is my philosophy, this is how I'll do it. I think it has to be case by case and talking to you or if I'm being asked or if I'm in the public at an appearance. You know, if I'm at an appearance for the Brewers or make it an appearance at a golf event for Turner, representing Turner Sports, you know, that's not a pulpit for me to give my opinions. Mm. Uh, I'm being paid to be there and... I have a job to do, and I'm, and I'm representing the organization, and and I try to do it to my my best ability. But if I get it offered to speak at a church or if I, or you know wherever, I don't know where it may be. But you have to take each case and say, okay, if I get asked, I'm always willing to talk about it. Always, and my faith and my walk, and especially now in the political climate we're in, because you know the a movement that is not Christian. And they are aligning themselves with Christianity that's not proper, in my opinion. And so you have to be very careful what you're going to represent when you say that you're a Christian. And I, I want people to know that I, I believe in Jesus, and I believe in a God, in a just God, too. But I don't necessarily believe in all the things that you hear from pastors even, mm. and from those claiming the name of Jesus and claiming Christianity for political gain. So I'm not in on that, and I don't believe that. I don't believe uh, a lot of things that people are claiming right now in the name of Jesus. So that's a hard thing to reconcile, because yeah. becoming a much more divided country, and, and I'm a broadcaster who's doing sporting events, right? That's right. So it's not for me to be on the air and give my opinions on bigger picture things like that. Charles Barkley can do it because he's paid to do that. I'm a play-by-play announcer. I'm not paid to give my opinions. If I want to pursue that down the road, maybe I will. But right now, that's not where I am in my life. So, you know, there is a fine line there. and, And for me, it's a pretty clear line of when to talk about my faith and my perspective and my opinions, and when not to, and when I'm working, when I'm on the job, when I'm covering a game, that's not the time to do it. Now, when I'm asked about it, walking through the arena or doing interviews like this, I'm more than happy to do that if I'm asked. But if I'm not asked, then I'm not just going to unsolicited offer my opinions. It, it makes sense. It's a, it's a good approach. Brian Anderson, our guest right now, on Unpacking It. And and you've talked a little bit about this, but but the last time you, you joined us on the show, you, you talked about how you, you, you want to be an encourager. So, so even not necessarily, oh, I got, you got to be outspoken every minute, but the fact that you can love people well and, and be an encourager to people day in, day out, what does that look like practically? And, and how can you be, uh, I guess, how can you encourage our listeners today to, to kind of implement a, a similar strategy as far as being an encourager to others? Well, I do think, you know, you hear a lot, well, that's, uh, you know, your spiritual gifts are X, Y, Z, and, you know, and I've been told before that, oh, your spiritual gift is uh, as an encourager, and I don't know if I'm in on that. I don't know if I buy that, you know, that the Lord is, is creating us. I do think, obviously, that we have our gifts and things we are good at and our passions and the things we want to pursue. I think that is laced by the Lord. I, I 
I believe that, but I do think for me, I feel better when, first of all, I see people in their best way. Mm. So when I see somebody who has a little spark of an ability to do a certain thing, whether it be play the drums or speak in front of a microphone or a dancer or whatever, there's so many people that are telling all of those people that you can't, and I've been there, and I've been told I can't, that there aren't enough saying you can, and wow, I saw this. So if I, if, I, if it's authentic and it's true and I see something, and I, I'm going to say it, so I'm going to tell somebody, like I just had a conversation the other day with this woman who is a broadcaster, and she's, you know, she's at a crossroads in her career, and I see e- excellence in her, but she, she's not there yet, so I can be honest about that, but She's not hearing that part. She's only hearing about the mistakes and the issues and the problems that she may be running into, the challenges. She's not hearing like, wow, but in the middle of all that, there's excellence. And so if I see that and I have access to that person, I point to express that because I don't think enough people do that. And I don't think that's just because I've been gifted the ability to be an encourager. I just think I've because I, I wasn't always like that. Yeah. I didn't used to do that when I was growing up. You know, I didn't do that. But as I've matured and as I've aged and as I've looked at the world, and because probably because I went through a period as a young broadcaster where all you hear is negativity. Mm. All you hear is, well, you're not good enough. You're, you, you don't have a deep enough voice. You, all these things that, you know, are just coming at you is like whenever somebody would say a positive word, uh, it was just like sad for the wound, you know, and I, I latched onto that. So maybe that's why I feel so strongly about that because when I, I and I don't make it up either. So the other part is there can be people that are kind of full of it, you know, and mm. they just they just spray all this positive <laughs> nonsense on people, but they don't. It's not authentic, sure. and I think people can sniff that out. And I don't. That's not what I do. I, I mean, if I don't have great things to say, or I don't believe you can be a major league baseball announcer, I'm not going to say you can, in my opinion. I'm going to say, no, here are the, here's why you can't, here's how you can. You know, that's kind of my take on encouraging people, and especially on Twitter and social media. There's just not enough of it. I mean, yeah. the history of the world has always been, uh, you know, the old saying, squeaky wheels gets the grease. It's always been a critical nature. Crit- criticism is easy to publish and easy to spew, um, it makes us feel better in a in a dark way, and so I've tried to avoid that and eliminate that. You know, even when I'm just talking with my friends, and don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here saying that I do everything right. But in a public forum and talking to people that I'm around, I want them to know what I see in them, and yeah. I do have some expertise in some areas that I can help, and I try to do that whenever I can. Man, no, it's such an encouragement to uh, to hear that, and and just just to really. Just be aware of it, to, to, to be intentional about encouraging others, people we work with, people we interact with throughout the day, uh, and, and just you know being, being thankful in many ways, but then encouraging them and seeing something good in them and letting them know. Not just thinking it to ourselves, yeah. but actually verbally telling them, hey, you did a great job with this, or you're great at this, and uh, man, it can make a difference in someone's life, and, and really the trajectory of their life can change in many ways just from an encouraging word. It's, it's that powerful. So good stuff from Brian Anderson here on Unpacking It. He's a broadcaster for Turner Sports and, and covers basketball and, and baseball and golf and does a little bit of everything and does a great job uh, with it. I always love to, to hear from our, our guests what, what God has been maybe doing in your life recently, what, what's he been teaching you, what, what's something that maybe you've been studying mo- most recently, what, what's been on, on your heart, Brian? 
Well, I think, um, you know, really for the first time in my career at this level, you know, I dealt with a lot of hardship coming up, uh, made it to a certain level, and then kind of had a smoother ride for a while. And then there's been a few bumps on the way. So I think, you know, I don't know if uh, it's all by design. I have no idea. I don't I don't know if I could back that up uh, with Scripture. But I do know it's an area that, you know, I need to improve upon is how I deal with any kind of scenario that's not working to my advantage in my career. You know, how much stake am I putting in my career? You know, I'm getting older now. I'm getting, I'm almost 50, so I've got two years until my 50th birthday. What does my career look like? I've been thinking about this a lot as as uh, Bob Eucher's talked about the end of his career and we saw Vin Scully retire and Marv Albert is, you know, potentially leaving at some point over the next handful of years. And so my generation is kind of being asked to replace all these legends. You know, that's a hard place to be. And so on one hand, you're like, yeah, why not me? And then on the other hand, I'm kind of thinking, well, why me? And so, you know, I'm in that position right now. So that's really what what I've been diving into with with Scripture and with my faith walk is how should I think about the next steps, trying to replace that worry and anxiety with thankfulness. So it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about just staying in the now and trying to serve people where you are right now. And uh, we're empty nesters now, oh. my wife and I. So these are all things that, you know, you start thinking about uh, the world in a totally different way when your kid goes to college. <laughs> wow. So I'm trying to not go so far that way and trying to stay more in like today. Let's what What's today have to offer? What's this week have to offer? What can I be and how can I be a better husband, father, broadcaster, coworker, all of that. And so it takes a real discipline to stay in that now. And um, I, I fail at that more than I want to. So that's kind of where I'm at in my walk. Oh, man, that's awesome. And, and I, I want to ask you, too, and we'll maybe uh, end it on, on this note. Uh, you mentioned your, your daughter going off to, to college. Now, I'm on the other side of things. My, my wife is, is due with our first child, and it's a daughter, and her name is actually Maddie. And so I, I understand your your daughter. Her, she goes by Madeline. She's a Maddie. She, yeah, Madeline's her name. She goes by Maddie. And oh. uh, yeah, you're like you you, you totally are. Um, you know, in the next phase, which is you know when you start thinking about your life in phases, it's so weird because we never think about that like when we're kids, right? And so now you are, and you you're going to have those anxieties. I'd say especially for you right now, just the thoughts of a potential high school graduation one day, college, marriage, they're so far off, and yet they create so much anxiety in a dad's life. Uh, and that'll never stop. So, you know, it's a, it's a great ride. Enjoy the ride, and congratulations on that. And um, it's a completely, you know, you'll, you'll be able to understand why you get so much advice right now, <laughs> because those of us who have lived through it, we wish we'd have probably done it better or different, you know, and so... That's our only way we can cope is we just start bombarding uh, new parents with advice, which I am always trying to be aware of and say, I need to stop talking to these people about how raising a child. Because <laughs> <No, no. laughs> you're going to have to just go through it, man. It's, you, it's your walk and your perspective. I do believe in mentoring. I do believe uh, we don't tap into the older generation enough. You know, for me, tapping into somebody who is, you know, my parents' age and above, and for you, somebody my age, you know what, we don't do that enough. That mm. was a sacred uh, thing back 
in Hebrew days. And, I mean, the Old Testament's full of that mentoring and passing down. And I don't think we do that enough. I think we get stuck in our own holes and our own world, and we kind of just lose sight of of the path that others have walked in front of us. Mm. And we're going to be upset about that when one day we realize that the kids behind us, if we don't keep this going, they're going to be totally uh, ignorant to what path you walked for your daughter, mm. right? Because because they're learning by example, and we're ignoring the path that those ahead of us walked uh, in older generations. And so that's a huge problem with our society, and we can't fix all of society, but we can fix ourselves, and we can make sure we're not going to be those kind of people. No, it's good, and actually, I've been desiring the advice and the and the wisdom, and so so I've been asking my my guests recently for that advice. So so I appreciate it, and uh, that's that's a good word uh, from Brian Anderson. So man, Brian, so great to catch up with you. Really appreciate you being a part of the show today, and and just love uh, the work that you do on the on the floor or as a broadcaster. And uh, but but more importantly, appreciate your heart and and just your encouragement uh, to me today and and to all of our listeners. So so thanks so much. All right, Bryce. Always great to be with you, man. God bless you. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 